Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 12 of the Looking at Stamps podcast. This week, I chat with my friend, Heidi Belinsky, who is the owner of Max & Co. Post. She is a self-proclaimed geek when it comes to sorting and categorizing things. And when she isn't packing orders, writing postcards, or organizing stamps, she's outside taking pictures of birds. This week, we talk about pandemic supplies, collections and collecting, stamp art, and chain cards. Heidi, how are you? I'm doing great, Russ. How are you doing? I'm well, I'm well. So how is life in Washington State right now? Um, a little different, as I can <laughs> imagine it is around the world right now. Yeah, so you are in a stay-at-home isolation or whatever they call it there? Yeah, we well, we have been... Um, in isolation, our family has been in isolation, I should say, since about March 6th, because we are very close to the um, where the first case was in the U.S., and that was in Kirkland, Washington, which is where my teenager does theater. Um, I also, I have an 81-year-old mother who lives alone, so we kind of kicked into a pseudo self-isolation early just to keep our family safe, to keep my mom safe, um, and to do our part in trying to slow this whole thing down a little bit. So you're, you're a professional at this by now. Either that I or you're am. going stir crazy. <laughs> well, so the, the good thing about me is um, I've, I've been in a situation similar to this before. So where I was at home for four weeks, for four months, I should say, in bed, um, so I have already got this mindset, okay, okay, what do we need to do? What do I need to have in the house? Um, I'm also a bit of a hoarder, which um, so I've got postcards, I've got stamps, I've got crafts. I was an artist in a past life. Um, I was a tailor in a past life. I've got sewing projects coming out of my ears, art projects. I've got puzzles stashed. I've got so many things to do in the house that there's never really a dull moment. It's okay. just a matter of getting motivated to do it. Yeah, I, that I understand. So, But, you know, the first thing that we're going to talk about today is our lightning round question. So we have five questions for you. Uh, you have not seen these. So uh, <laughs> good luck, as I say, with a smile. And, uh, and what I am going to preface this because I do tailor these to the person I'm going to interview and what our – audience might not know, our listeners might not know, is that you are an avid birder. So yes. I am, you're going to get some bird questions today. So I'm kind of looking forward to those. So, Fabulous. Okay. So first question, favorite breakfast meal? Uh, cereal. What kind of cereal? Um, my favorite cereal would be Fruit Loops. Okay. But I try to eat healthier these days, so I eat granola with yogurt. Okay. Now, I was a Fruit Loops person. Now I'm a Tony the Tigers. Frosted Flakes all the way. Absolutely. Favorite bird in the wild that you've seen? That I have seen. Um, I have seen puffins, which are fabulous. I've seen spoonbills. Um, a spoonbill is the coastal bird? Is that like a west it's a, coast? It's a, east coast? No, it's definitely not west coast. It's okay. Gulf Coast. Um, okay. where I, I saw them in Texas and in Louisiana. They're pink like a flamingo, but they have a bill that's shaped like a paddle. 
Yeah, no, I I have a stamp, or I've seen a stamp with with one of those. And that's the only way I know that bird. So yeah, um, fabulous, fabulous looking birds. Cool. Favorite type of music. Favorite type of music, um, country. Okay. Do you have a favorite artist? <laughs> Randy Travis. Okay, that's fine. I'm I'm from Texas, <laughs> so I know my, all about country. I know my, all about my country. My geekiness is now coming out. <laughs> Thank you for calling me out on that one. <laughs> other than the U.S., what other country would you like to live in? Singapore. Oh, why Singapore? Um, um, I love tropical things, tropical plants, tropical birds. Um, I love the variety of food there. I love the the um no the mixture of cultures that yeah. are there the colors and you know they have a postal museum which was fantastic. Yeah. The thing that surprised me is how clean that city is. Absolutely. Yeah, Singapore is just one of the cleanest places in the absolute world, and it's just and, they, and they follow rules. The people that live yeah. in Singapore follow rules. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Yeah. Favorite <laughs> – this is a quarantine question. Favorite type of toilet paper? Favorite type of toilet paper? Whatever's in the house. Okay, yeah. I'm not picky. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have friends that are very picky, and I've, I've been sent out looking for, you know, on toilet yeah. paper runs for them. But, uh, yeah, the only, my only uh, criteria is that it has to be double-ply or two-ply. It can't be the single-ply. Yeah, that, yeah. That, is, that is definitely the big thing. But you know what? <laughs> if I was stuck with one-ply – I would do it. Yeah. If I was I would, with newspaper, I would be fine with that, yeah, too. Yeah, I, I would find a way. Yes, I absolutely agree. Well, that wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't too bad, was it? No, not at all. Not at okay. all. Okay, good, good, good. So uh, you and I came uh, to know each other through the Postcardist podcast that introduced us first with Frank Roche. Uh, uh -huh. And then you and I reached out to each other and exchanged postcards and and I have been a frequent visitor to your store uh, where you sell postcard and stationary items. So tell us how you got into – and your store is Max & Co. Post, uh, uh -huh. as is your uh, Instagram profile, and that's M-A-X-A-N-D-C-O Post. And I do have to say you have one of the cutest logos ever. I, I love your little mailbox logo. So tell us how the postcard store came about and how you got into postcards. Well, so the postcard store came about. I'm a big postcard. I was a big postcrosser. I have to say, I've taken a break from postcrossing right now. Um, and when I was trading a lot and doing, I was on the postcrossing forums a lot, doing tags and wishes, things like that. I would see that people were looking for Nouvelle Image postcards. Those are the um, the multiples postcard. It's white background with uh, photos of themed objects. Like there's one with teapots, there's one with dogs, there's one with green vegetables, etc. French company. I've been to Paris several times. I've seen them in France. Um, I knew how popular they were, and I looked everywhere in the U.S. for them. I looked online for them. I couldn't find them anywhere. And I ran across the distributor's website and learned that for X hundred dollars, I could open a wholesale account um, and buy a lot of them. I mean, it was a lot. It was shocking. My husband and I had a few conversations about it before I actually jumped in. But I said, you know what? If I buy them, 
I can sell them. I can easily make my money back because they're just not available to people in the U.S. And I did. I bought them, and they sold like hotcakes. Bought some more, sold like hotcakes. Um, I started expanding to other publishers that I knew weren't as easily accessible, um, a lot of international um, publishers, and my store just kind of grew. And then I learned about Lantern Press, which happens to be located right here in Seattle. And I contacted Lantern Press and said, you know, hey, I want to open a wholesale account. Uh, would it be possible for me to pick up my order so I don't have to pay for shipping? Because shipping on a box of postcards is really expensive. They weigh a lot. Um, and it just kind of exploded from there. Once I had Lantern Press in the shop, it went. Um, the interesting thing is the postcards that I started off with, the Nouvelle Image, company went out of business, they stopped printing them. So I can no longer get the ones that I originally started off with that everybody loved. But I've got other uh, other publishers now. I've got Inga Look. I've got um, Tausenschern Editions, the glittery ones that everybody loves from Germany or Austria. Um, Incognito, fabulous, fabulous art postcards. So, you know, there's there's plenty of publishers out there now. And what is your most popular brand uh, or publisher, you would say? I would think Lantern oh, yeah. Press? Definitely Lantern Press. Um, I don't think it's necessarily because because of Lantern Press. Lantern Press postcards are fabulous. Their artwork is incredible, and they're very collectible. But it's because I can keep the price so low because I just drive over and pick up the box of postcards once I order them. Cows mm. and Chur editions – I think would be equally as popular, except for the fact that I'm paying taxes and shipping to come from Europe. Very different situation. Yeah, no, uh, you probably have one of the best price points uh, for mail order uh, on Lantern Press that I've seen. Um, you know, you and I have have exchanged postcards for Lantern Press because I do have Lantern Press as well. Uh, I'm not mm -hmm. selling them at the moment, uh, but we've uh, we've been able to share our supplies together so that we can help each other out that way. And uh, and your price point is probably one of the most competitive uh, in the United States. Um, and you can't get them at that price point even if you go and buy them at the stores that are out there because the markup is, is so great. And even though they can, for example, Cracker Barrel sells them, uh, and they sell right. them uh, at more than what we would sell them for, uh, but and plus they can buy them in – large quantities across all their stores and uh they still can't beat your price so so yeah i i've always been a fan of, of your postcard store um which uh which also comes along with a blog and the blog was mentioned uh two weeks ago uh as part of stacy adam interview uh in the american philatelist and we talked about chain cards so tell us how you got involved with chain cards well, so I have this other little hobby called stamp collecting. And I discovered chain cards first on post crossing in the forums. There's a, a chain card um, round robin, I guess it would be considered. And I did my first couple of chain cards through that, just experimenting to see what it was all about because I, I love multiple things. I mean, that's why I was attracted to Nouvelle Image postcards in the first place. I just, I just love that look, that aesthetic of multiples of, of some topic. Um, 
And then I discovered after I had started my Instagram page that people were trading chain cards on Instagram. And I signed up for a couple of chain cards on Instagram. And for me personally, I liked the way the Instagram people um, – the, the rules that they make to keep track of everything. The one thing about chain cards is they're very easily lost in the mail because it takes so long to go through the whole chain to come back to you. And a lot of post offices don't really appreciate the fact that this is to collect stamps, and if your stamp's not in the upper left corner, they get upset, or the Washington address is gone. I mean, there's so many reasons why a card can get lost. On Instagram, there's um, a photo taken every step of the way so you can keep track of where that card is and people are far more dedicated to keep the chain going in, well, in my experience i'm not yeah. saying that you know not necessarily on, on post crossing but there's definitely no photo proof on post crossing that your card is still moving along yeah no that's an interesting aspect because i do a lot of photos of my postcards that i send out as well uh specifically for post crossing because you know, the people I sent to just out of pen pal friendships uh, could really care less and whether they get there or not. You know, of course, we all like our postcards right. to get to their destination, but they're not going to be, you know, hounding you for, you know, it's been two weeks and I haven't heard from you, you haven't gotten your postcard. To where uh, on post-crossing, that's not necessarily the case. But I've always taken photos just for my own personal reference of the postcards that I send. And so that, that's good to know. Um, and for the listeners out there, it is Heidi's article on her blog that Stacy references on how to actually do your postcard and uh, for the for the chain cards, and the, the instructions are there. So uh, go to her blog uh, if you want to see see those instructions again. Um, now, one of the questions I haven't asked in a long time is that when I first started uh, the podcast. I made the distinctions of four categories of stamp collectors or philatelists, I should say. Mm-hmm. One is the enthusiast, and that's someone who just likes stamps. One is the hobbyist who seeks out special stamps or themes. One is the collector, and that's the person that preserves stamps and presents stamps. And then we have the stamp professional, like buys, deals, sells stamps, and collections. So which of those would you consider yourself? Hmm. Um, all of the above. Okay. No, that's that's fair. That's fair. In, in, because... in various categories, because I do sell, I have a lot of used stamps, a lot. Um, at some point this, in this conversation, it'll come out as to how many, and I'm going to be blushing the whole time when I say it. Um, I don't need all the used stamps that I have. So I do sell packets of used stamps. Okay. I also... Um, and you do this by theme, by color? How do you do you sell them oh by no. pound, by weight, or oh what? No. How? It's it's a handful in a Ziploc bag. Okay. I try to stuff the Ziploc bag as full as I can. It's a smallish one. It's okay. not a big one. Um, so it's mostly for crafters, or right. for people that you know just want to add a couple of stamps as a sticker, basically on the back of the postcard. They're they're not going to be high-end, high-value stamps. You're not going to find an inverted Jenny in there. Right. Um, you know, it's just I have way too many used stamps. Now, so, do you, how, how do you get these stamps? Do you soak them off the envelopes yourself, or do you buy and bolt from other vendors and then send out okay. what you don't use? Or 
So I'm going to jump ahead, I think, in your okay. interview a little bit. I'm going to That's divulge fine. the information. Yeah, go ahead. I Actually, my mom is a stamp was a stamp collector. She still is. Um, she's one type of stamp collector. My father-in-law is another stamp collector. Um, I belong to several postcard clubs. So here's how I get my stamps. I've got my mom's collection. My mom is a cut it off the envelope, keep the postmark with it, stick it in a box. Got it. She has never sorted her stamps. I think she started sorting her stamps when she was young, She probably in her early 20s, maybe even her teens. So I do have one small stock book of her German stamps sorted. But other than that, it's just a big box of stamps right now, still on paper. Okay. My father-in-law is um, the type of collector. Every one of his stamps is put into an album via Scott number, and they're all in order, and he's got a bookshelf of albums. So when he receives stamps, ones that he doesn't want, that he already has, he sticks them in an envelope, and sometimes I get these envelopes full of them. Okay. So there's that. There's that. Um, there's the postcard clubs. They all know that I do crafty things with my stamps, etc. Sometimes the dealers, if they buy uh, an estate of postcards, and there happens to be some stamps in there with it, I get a baggie full of stamps when I go to the postcard club. I also have a, another side job that I work for an, an antique dealer that specializes in paper. Um, and his brother was a stamp collector. So he sometimes has bags of stamps that he gets, the worthless ones, the ones, you know, the... Right. Um, you know, the, but of no he, value, just, yeah. Just. Of no value, and he has so many other things that he's trying to sell that this is not useful to him to have it at all. So he'll give me, in, you know, in, in exchange for some work that I've done for him, he'll give me a bag full of stamps or something to go through. Well, I mean, and just to interrupt just for a second, just for our listeners, what a lot of people don't realize is that these used stamps have very little value unless, it's, unless it is an antique or very expensive stamp. So a lot of these stamps that you're getting in these baggies are, are, are non-value. They're mainly for decorative purposes and, and like you said, for, for, for different purposes other than stamp collecting. And so, right. uh, and, and that's, you know, because everyone hopes that they're going to have the inverted Jenny in their collection, you know, and they buy, you know, 10,000 stamps, which, which weighs probably maybe an ounce. <laughs> you know, yeah, no, exactly. That, yeah. You know, because estate sales now are starting to, to sell loose stamps by, by weight. They, they don't even take them to sort them. They're just like, okay, if there's something in it that somebody finds good, good for them. It's not what we're right. looking for. And so, and so, yeah. Okay. So now, now the big number. How many stamps? How many, let's, let's just start with used stamps. How many used stamps do you think you have? Okay, so do you know what a banker's box is? I do. Um, they're pretty big boxes. They're about, what, 11 inches in one direction and maybe 18? Well, they, they fit, a, they fit a, a, a standard size sheet of paper because that's what the folder that you would normally you know, put right. in a banker's box. So that's 8.5 by 11. So we know the width and just the depth is probably. I'd say it's probably 18 inches, maybe Yeah, 20. probably. Yeah. I'm looking at one right now, seeing if there's any measurements on it, but there's not. Um, I probably have at least two banker's boxes full of stamps. 
Okay. I thought you were going to say two dozen. <laughs> two. And that does not include my personal stamp collection. That's just stamps that I have that I need to find homes for or do something with. So now what that's, about, a, that's a crazy amount. That's a lot. And speaking of which, uh, one of the things I did want to talk to you about is you are a stamp artist, that you do things with your stamps other than just collect them and use them. Uh, so tell us some of the things that you make with your stamp, what we would normally call stamp art. Um, okay. So out of definitive stamps, which are the ones that you know usually buy in a coil or a booklet, those are the smaller stamps, um, I make little house ornaments for Christmas. It takes six stamps, it's the four walls, and or actually it takes seven stamps, four walls, um, two for the roof, and then one for the little triangle that goes underneath the roof. You can cut a stamp in half to fit that. Um, I make those. I also made this year something new. I had a every year I have a annual mail themed um, garage sale, yard sale, whatever, and I invite all my local customers and friends and um, anybody that they you know, can drum up to come. Um, and I have all the postcards out, and I have all the mail-themed things that I have, including postage stamps. So this year, I had it right before Christmas, and I made owls out of them. I took a styrofoam ball, cut the stamps into triangles, and basically mod-podged it. So each triangle was a, a feather. Little round owl, cut out circles for eyes. They ended up really adorable and sold out really fast. Um, that sounds make, great. Yeah, I've done yeah, the, no, the, the ornaments. You know, the the paper mache ornaments and covered them in right. stamps. But, yeah. the, but the owl sounds fantastic. Yeah. So I I will have to um, I'll post a pic. I'm sure there's a picture on my Instagram, but I I will make sure there's a more recent picture on my Instagram so that people can see because I left the I left the pointy part of the triangle sticking out, and since it's mod podge, it's a little bit firmer, so it looks like his little feathers are are fluffed a little bit. Right. Oh, I'll definitely um, have to check out your profile to, to see see what that looks like. Yeah, yeah, they they were really cute. Um, I also have been experimenting with um, attaching, adhering the cut up stamps onto postcards, the front of postcards, and doing postcard art with them. So it's it's a little tricky trying to find the right adhesive so that they make it through the mail and don't get scraped off with the Ooh. postal machinery. Right. Um. But I'm wondering if I think that I is, found something. Okay. And maybe uh, that's the placement, too. If you keep it in the center third of the postcard, maybe where the machines may not get have access to them, maybe. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Well, the, the most recent postcard I sent to Frank, the postcardist, you can look at his Instagram, that thing has scrapes over most yeah. of the postcard. I'm shocked how many scrapes are on that postcard. Yeah. So, and I'm trying to do, like, I'm trying to fill up a four by six front of a postcard with stamp art. My 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 first try was concentric circles. I just cut circles out because I have a circle cutter. That was easy. Um, and, you know, kind of placed them all over in different spots on the postcards and I mailed them. I mailed some to Canada. I mailed them around the U.S. just to see who got scraped and who didn't. Um, my next one, which I haven't sent out yet, because I'm kind of dragging my feet a little bit, is actually little flowers that have been punched out of stamps. So I'm a little more worried because the petals are more delicate. 
and I want to make sure that they're coated. You know, I'm thinking about putting a, a layer of Mod Podge over the top, maybe. Well, I was wondering. I was thinking um, uh, contact paper, like clear contact paper, and just laminate yeah. the front. Yeah. So you that's know, another idea. I would want the contact paper to be thin enough, though, that it actually got around the the edges, you know, and adhered down. Yeah. The thick contact paper that I currently have, it it wouldn't get around the edges of little um, right cut out pieces. But you know, the other trick that we used to do when when contact paper didn't work was to use uh, packing tape, clear packing tape. Oh yeah. And do strips of that. Uh, which probably just take two strips, depending on how wide you got your your uh, contact paper. I mean your your, your roll. Postcard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then all those nooks and crannies. So it'd be kind of like an embossed postcard because right. the tape is so thin that it would it would go down into those little cracks and crevices. Yeah. Just so an that's, idea. That's contact. The the packing tape is actually the the. Um, the thickness that I'm thinking, so that's actually really clever. The other thing I was just thinking talking to you is I could take a piece of, um, what am I thinking, uh, projector film, mm-hmm. the stuff that you used to write on on the overhead projector, right? Yeah. film like that, and washi tape it around the edges, send it through the mail, and then the recipient can just take that cover off. Well, that's what you know. Frank's doing with his uh, his condoms, his co- uh, postcard right. condoms is what he's calling them. But uh, you, but you can also do that with vellum. When it, when we did the vellum experiment, you could do the same thing. Right, um, right. So uh, I can do that because it doesn't. It's not going to get postmarked on that side, so you're not going to lose anything by well, taking that layer back off. But hopefully, well, it's not going to get postmarked. You don't know how our, our our sorting machines are going. I, I the other thing I thought about is. Those sheet protectors, those real cheap sheet protectors, right? Uh, and you will get two two of those because you, if you cut it in half, well, actually get four because if you cut it in half, and those are even right. thinner than the transparencies that we use for projectors. Exactly, and cheaper. So, uh, and cheaper, absolutely. So, wow, we got see what happens when we collectively think together. We get all kinds of solutions. And that is all the time we have for this week's episode of Looking at Stamps podcast. Next week, I will conclude my interview with Heidi, where we will talk about the beginnings of her postcard and postage stamp collecting, her favorite postage stamps and themes, and postcard and postage stamp storage. You can follow her on Instagram under Max and Co. Post. That's M-A-X-A-N-D-C-O-P-O-S-T. Her birding interests can be found on Instagram under Beaks in My Lens. That's B-E-K-S-I-N-M-Y-L-E-N-S and online at maxandcopost.com. As always, thanks for listening and please subscribe to this podcast and rate and review if you have a few moments. Please contact me if you have any questions or ideas for episodes or if you want to be featured on a future episode. You can contact me on Instagram as Russ Romano on YouTube by searching for Looking at Stamps or by sending an email to lookingatstamps at gmail.com. Until next week, bye-bye.